This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So it's the end of the year, and this is the time when we do all the fun shows. What worked in 2019 and what we'll be looking forward to in 2020. So we're going to start off with what worked in 2019. What's happening with value? How did we do this year? The prior few years have been kind of grim. I went back to look and starting mainly in about 2018, it uh, has not been good for us value investors, at least by the indexes, by that kind of analysis. Uh, but then here in 2019, there were a few green shoots, if you remember. Remember over the summer, there was that thing that everybody was calling the great rotation. We even talked about it here on the podcast because suddenly it looked like maybe there was hope for value investors because there was a lot of rotation out of the growth names and suddenly into value names. But it only lasted about two or three weeks. Maybe we'll call it a month or so. And then the money seemed to drift back into the FANG stocks and the other growth names. And then those were back to their all-time highs. They didn't really sell off the value though. So that was a good sign. So maybe some of those rotating people stayed in the value stocks, but the growth stocks still are um, the ones that everybody wants to be in. And mostly the market is ignoring the value stocks still. Um, so I thought I'd take a look too at what the actual uh, value ETF indexes have done for this year because I haven't covered those in a while. And I was curious to see, you know, are we even close to the S&P 500 <laughs> this year? Um, and then how much better has growth done than the value? Because I was pretty sure that uh, we weren't beating growth for the full year. And that turned out to be true. So I wanted to start with the big cap ETFs first, because the big caps have been the hottest area. And I thought maybe that is where we would have done the best. So I took a look at the Vanguard value ETF and then I compared it with the Vanguard uh, growth ETF. So the value large cap ETF at Vanguard is VTV is the ticker. And the growth one is VUG. And year to date, uh, and this is in December, we're recording this of 2019, year to date, the VTV, the value is up 20.2%. And the S&P 500 right now is up about 25%. So it is trailing by about 5% this year. And then the growth ETF is up 31.1%. So still quite a considerable lag there, over 10% lag. Um, which I knew it was lagging, but I was disappointed to see it was as much as that. And then I took a look, uh, I wanted to switch over to the small caps too, because we've talked about those several times over the years. And I used the Vanguard small cap value ETF, which is ticker VBR. And that is one that I actually own in my own personal portfolio. And then I looked at the Vanguard small cap growth ETF as the comparison V. BK is that ticker. And the VBR, the value is up just 17.7%. I looked at the Russell um, 2000 to compare it with, that's up 20.5. So it is still trailing the Russell. 
And um, the growth is up 29.5, the VBK. So again, well over 10% there trailing. And so that's that's not fun. But is anyone surprised? No. So then I wanted to take a look at just what the pure value ETFs are looking like, because these are the ETFs that have the pure name in them. And that means they try to hold only true value stocks. In some of these others, there's so many holdings in them that there's going to be some overlap between what they consider to be growth and value because there simply aren't enough value stocks for some of those ETFs. So in the pure value area, I looked at the Invesco S&P 500 pure value ETF. It's ticker RPV as in Victor. And it only has 116 holdings, which is what I mean. Like it actually is trying to find value stacks, legit ones. It has a forward P of just 10 and a price to book of 1.1. So those are in the classic value categories. Expense ratio is 0.35%. So you are going to pay a little bit higher here to have someone who's figuring out what the actual pure, truly value stocks are among the big caps. And then I compared it with the pure growth ETF because of course there is one RPG is that ticker. That one has 104 holdings. So hopefully out of the S&P 500 these two, you know, are not overlapping. You wouldn't have that much overlap. That one has the same expense ratio 0.35%. Its forward P is 20.6 which makes sense. It's growth, right? So it's, you're going to be paying a lot more for those earnings. And price to book ratio is 4.5. So um, I took a look at these year to date. The value, which is RPV, was up 17.7%. The growth, RPG, up 24.7%. So um, it is beating, growth is beating the pure value, but the S&P 500, remember, is up just 25%. So the this growth ETF is basically almost mirroring the S&P 500, which is interesting because the Vanguard just general big cap, um, which includes a lot more stocks, is the is up 31.1%. So that one is performing a little bit better. You'd have to look at the mix of the companies and who's in which one to really see why you're getting um, so much more outperformance with the Vanguard one. But um, the value Vanguard, the VTV, has 336 stocks. So you can see it's almost, that's almost triple what the... Um, pure ETF has from Invesco, which is just, again, 116 holdings. So, But you do pay a less of expense ratio with the Vanguard ETF. It's just 0.04%. And that VTV, the Vanguard big cap ETF, uh, the PE there is 17 and price to book is 2.2. So that also reflects that there's more than just value in, in that. It's not as cheap as these pure ETFs are. So I did take a look at the two-year um, track record now because that's when I discovered we still have been trailing for the past two years. So the pure ETF RPV for value is up just 3.5% during that two-year time period. The growth is up 17.3%. 
So that's basically mirroring the S&P 500, which is up about 17% during that time period. So really underperforming over the last two years for the pure ETFs, the just big gar, uh, Vanguard big cap value VTV is up 107 So again, a little bit better than the pure one. Um, but again, S&P 500 up 17 and the growth ETF VUG is up 24.5. So still almost underperforming by nearly 15% over the last two years. And then to add on to more of the depressing news, I took a look at the two years for the small caps and the VBR, the Vanguard small cap is up just 1.7% over the last two years. So that is the one I own, like I said, and I know that it hasn't been doing anything, um, that there is pain there. The S&P again up 17 and then the growth up uh, the VBK, the small cap growth up 21.5 over the last two years. So so what is this telling us? Um, to me over the last two years, it's really telling us that Value is still hated, obviously, and growth is still where the money is going in. And that usually means this is an opportunity for those of us who are value investors. There is value to be found out there. The market is ignoring a lot of these companies and they're not going to do it forever. So hopefully um, some of us are either dollar cost averaging or, um, you know, thinking about getting into some of these either on ETF level or on a stock, individual stock level. And um, remember with the small caps, this is something really important to keep in mind that there's a lot of small cap banks in those ETFs. So the VBR, I took a look and that's the Vanguard small caps. The financials now, I was thinking it was like 20, 25%, but no, it's even bigger 35% of that portfolio now is financials, followed by industrials at 22%, which many of the industrials over the last two years haven't been doing that great either because of the trade war and the tariff issue. And now with manufacturing going into a recession, um, you've had a little bit of difficulty there too. So over half of the portfolio is just those two industries. So not surprising why you're getting just the two-year return of 1.7% there. Um, But again, at some point, the small cap financials will turn around. It's only a matter of time and you're getting it pretty cheaply here. But uh, after looking at those ETFs, I determined that, you know, 2019 was really a year to be a stock picker if you're a value investor once again. So 2018 was as well, but 2019 definitely was. And we had the big sell-off at the end of 2018. If many of you remember, going into December, it was nasty. And so we had a lot of value going on at the beginning of the year. And if some of you saw some buying opportunities then and jumped in, it hasn't been as bad as what these ETFs are showing because um, some individual stocks really outperforming this year on the value side. So I did a screen for cheap stocks and these were currently with PEs under 15. So I wanted them to be currently valued. And then that we're trading within 5% of their 52-week high because I hoped that if I found those stocks, that some of those would be really big performers, which actually did turn out to be true. And I got 191 results with that. 
before I added the Zach's rank. So I wanted to look at it and just kind of see what was coming up for cheapness and at or, you know, basically near the 52-week high. So 191 isn't bad. And then when I added on the rank, I got uh, considerably less, but not still quite a few. I added on Zach's number one, strong buys, and Zach's number two buys. Might as well get rising earnings estimates too, right? And I got 78 stocks there. So that was a pretty good amount to choose from to kind of, uh, I had to, you know, plug them into the charts to see who was outperforming because this screen does not guarantee that they're doing better than the 25% of the S&P 500, right? It just means they're close to their own 52-week high. But surprisingly, like I said, I had no trouble finding several stocks like right from the get-go that were you know, easily outperforming. And so I'm going to go over three of them now. And um, some of this is meant just to be like encouraging to those of us who are value investors because value strategy can work. If you get some of these stocks and these companies with good earnings outlooks at cheap prices, um, you know, you that's where the value magic works. So let's talk about a couple of these. The first one we have talked about in the past on the podcast, but it's been a little bit of a while. I might have even have talked about this one at the end of 2018 when everything was plunging down because this stock was really getting hit. It's American Woodmark. AMWD is that ticker. And they make cabinets. And so when the Fed was raising interest rates and mortgage rates were rising and everyone thought the housing market and the consumer were doomed and recession is coming and all that stuff, these shares got killed. And so this year, year to date, they're up 80.5%. So easily beating the S&P 500 if you had some you know, a strong stomach and could get in there at the end of 2018 or even at the beginning of 2019 at some point. Because over the last two years, their two-year return, they're still down 14.7%. So it tells you how bad the sell-off was in 2018, but you were getting it cheap and they're still cheap. PE is 14, does have a peg of 1.5, which is still pretty cheap. So AMWD is one of the big high flyers here in 2019. And then staying on that kind of home theme, most of the home builders have had a very good year in 2019 for the same reasons American Woodmark has recovered is the Fed has cut rates. Um, those mortgage rates have come down. The consumer is still pretty healthy. And so they're still out there buying homes, fixing up their homes, renovating all this stuff. So number two stock is DR Horton, one of the big home builders. DHI is their ticker year to date up 57%. So, um, you know, easily beating the S&P 500. PE is still cheap, 11.3 and it has a peg of one. So it's got a value peg as, as well. A lot of these home builder stocks should do well going into the spring and then we'll see how is the spring home buying season. That's always the big question. And you get a lot of rallies in home builder stocks into, say, February, March. And then it usually kind of calms down after that. So we'll see with some of these home builders, but several of them were in the screen. So they are all trading, you know. 5% of their 52-week highs, and they're still cheap. And then the third one is a surprise for maybe some of you, 
um, because it's a bank and the big cap banks have done well. The small cap banks, maybe not quite as well, but big cap banks have been grinding higher, especially in the last couple months of this year. So my big cap bank choice from the screen was JP Morgan. JPM is the ticker. It is in my value investor portfolio here at Zacks, and it has been for several years now, but um, it was kind of stalled out for a while, but saw come back in the end of this year. And so these shares are up 35.2% now year to date and hitting new highs. And that is beating by about 10%, the S&P 500 up 25% now. PE is still good at 13 times and has a peg of 1.85 for that peg ratio there. Um, but yeah, some of the big banks um, are still pretty good values out there. And with these kind of market conditions, it as long as the Fed doesn't continue to cut, even though they're on hold, that's the consumer again is still doing well. And so a lot of the big banks on the mortgage side and various other areas are doing well right now, um, relatively speaking, with tougher market conditions, but um, you know, they're not it's not it's not so bad. Uh, so that's what also gives me hope going into 2020 that we could see a turnaround in the mid cap range and the small cap banks going into 2020 possibly. But um, I'm going to have another podcast on that to discuss where I think the values are going into 2020. That's going to be coming up next week. But if you want to check out the rest of the value portfolio here going into 2020, I've been adding a couple new positions into that portfolio recently as well. You can do that, of course, at zax.com slash promo. That's the special promotion code here for the podcast. You can um, try out all of Zach's Ultimate if you go to that um, that code, zax.com slash promo. It's 30 days for a dollar. You can check out everything, including my insider trader portfolio, but certainly any of our long-term portfolios like the Value Investor, our Income Investor, which is on dividends, and we have Home Run Investor if you're still making a bet on the growth stocks, which it's hard not to do seeing these current numbers, but uh, you can get all of that if you do zax.com slash promo and do the promotion over there. And like I said, next week I'm going to be having um, the look look ahead show that I always love doing. So be sure to tune in for that. But let me recap the tickers here on our look back into 2019. It wasn't horrible, but it's not as good as we would have liked. We still aren't really getting value back into the spotlight yet. Not quite yet. But like I said, don't be depressed. What this gives us is an opportunity to still get into value names when they are really values. And even with some of these ETFs, if you've been accumulating every month or you know every quarter or a couple times a year, whatever, that it's not a bad time to be accumulating shares in some of these for the future. So let me recap those ETFs again. So we had Vanguard large cap value, which is VTV. If you're into the growth, you can get VUG. Then we had the pure plays. Um, those are Invesco and the Invesco value is RPV. The Invesco growth is RP as in Paul G. And then the small caps, I went with the Vanguard there, 
there's others, but I just covered the Vanguard. And that one is VBR for the value. And that's the one I own in my own portfolio. And then I have VBK for the growth. And then we talked about three that have really broken out here in 2019. So it's not all doom and gloom, especially if you've been a stock picker. And it's American Woodmark, A-M-W-D, D.R. Horton, D.H.I., and J.P. Morgan still churning higher. J.P.M. is the ticker there. So you want to subscribe. I know a lot of you are over there on Spotify, and we have a great number of followers over there. And we had a great 2019 with um, a lot of you signing up on Spotify. So that's fantastic. We are now also on Deezer. If you get that platform or if you're in the UK or other countries that are big with Deezer, be sure to sign up. And as well as on Apple Podcasts with our own standalone show. And as always, we're on SoundCloud with a two for one over there, but you got to find us under Zach's Market Edge. But then you'll get uh, two podcasts a week if you're over there. But either way, get us somewhere. And again, uh, next week, I'll be back with our look forward into 2020. And it's going to be a fun one. So be sure to tune in and join us for that conversation. So I'll see you next week. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.